Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Once again, the 
name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm Apostle Robert Bryan, pastor of the Christian Center Church, Kenton, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. What sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's all over the world. God is worthy. The day he has made, let us rejoice. Let us rejoice and be glad. Yeah. 
God bless you, children of God. Once again, we greet each of you in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our strength, our redeemer, our way maker, our very present help in a time of trouble. Whether we realize it or not, God is the source of every good and perfect gift that is in our lives. He is our resource. We thank him and we praise him. For those of you that have been worshiping with us, you know that we are working on our most recent topic, that those who have special revelation, they make preparation. Those who have special revelation, you're not making preparation. You feel like you can just come in any kind of way, any kind of how. Not make, you don't have a revelation. When you have a revelation from God, when you have a special revelation it will, it will prompt you to make preparation. We looked at some biblical characters. Noah looked at how Lot uh, looked at various individuals um, received a revelation. They made adequate preparation. My prayer for you is that it will be the same in your life. We looked at Capital A in our outline. Godly preparation does not distract us. Always keep in mind that if something is distracting you from what God wants you to do, that's not God. That's not God. Whatever that is, it can wait. Luke ten forty, Genesis three and thirteen. Capital B Godly preparation resists distractors. Godly preparation, when it's godly preparation and operation, it's gonna be a focus that will push us on and get us in place. Matthew twenty five, nine, James four and seven. And we were looking at our capital C godly preparation accepts ridicule. Godly preparation, like, okay, you know, that's yeah, we can take that. We looked at Genesis 19 and 14, how that Lot's sons-in-law thought he was joking, playing around when he told them how the city was about to be destroyed. They thought he was joking and ended up losing their life. We're going to look briefly at Luke chapter 14, verse 29. Luke chapter 14, verse 29. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, For if he lays the foundation and is not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Capital C, godly preparation accepts ridicule. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty and glorious name, we thank you again, Father, for another beautiful day that you have allowed us so graciously to be able to experience. You've allowed us to see once again, to hear, to taste, to smell, to walk, to talk, to praise you, to worship you, to 
lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. You've given us the activities of our limbs once again. You've given us the ability uh, to do so many things, Father. We want to do those things today that are pleasing in your sight. Forgive us again, Father, of our sins and iniquities, which we have all grievously committed against you in thought, word, and in deed. Thank you, Father, for not dealing with us as our sins deserve, but being patient, being long-suffering, being merciful, and being kind to us, your little children. Once again, Father, we thank you. We hold your name in high honor and high esteem today. We trust, Father, that as your people are tuning in in the four corners of the earth, wherever they may be, whenever they may hear these words, may uh, your name be glorified. May your people be blessed. Father, as you do these things for us, we will continue to give your name glory, give your name honor, give your name praise. This is our prayer. We count these and all other blessings done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We pray. Amen and amen. Godly preparation accepts ridicule. One of the things the Lord placing in my spirit immediately is that part of godly preparation, Robert, is so that you can handle ridicule. God said that's one of the reasons why I prepare my people the way I do, so that they can handle ridicule. Oh, there's always going to be mockers. There's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be scorners. There's always going to be those who have got a lot to say but are doing a whole lot of nothing. Godly preparation will galvanize you, child of God, and prepare you to be able to take ridicule. Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus was mocked. Jesus was was talked about. Some of us are having all are going through all kind of different changes and having all going through all kind of different drama because they talk, they said this or they said that. Who, who cares what they say? Listen to a child of God. The only voice who that's really going to matter in ultimately in your life and mine is the voice of God. And any voice that is not in line with the voice of God, forget that stuff they're talking about. We're looking at. In Luke chapter 14, verses 25, the cost of being a disciple, disciple. Now, one of the things you need to understand, you know, we went shopping uh, yesterday. And during the shopping process, God is placing this in my mind now and in my spirit. Not only did we look at the items we liked. But the next question was, what? How much do they cost? You say, Apostle, what's driving that? I might like a Lamborghini Contact, which I do. I always have a beautiful car, but them cars run you about a million dollars. I don't have that. So even though I like it, wouldn't mind driving it. Would drive one right now. And if some of you all want to donate to the Christian Center, feel free. Don't let, don't let nothing stop you. But I, I can't, because of the cost. I can't handle that right now. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? You need to understand that there is a cost to being a disciple, and you have to you have to to determine whether you can handle the cost. Oh, you might like a living in a ten million dollar mansion, but if your pockets is just saying ten dollars, then a ten ten million dollar mansion is going to be out of reach. 
like that. So there's a cost. Whatever there is, there's a cost. There's a cost to being a disciple. There's a cost to being a father. There's a cost to being a mother. There's a cost to being a pastor. There's a cost to being involved in a church. There's a cost to being a congregation. There's a cost. There's a cost. There's a cost to breathing. Oh, why so how you gonna say it's a cost of breathing? Air is free. No, it ain't as your diaphragm. Your diaphragm got to contract, your diaphragm got to you got to you got you can't just air don't just don't just flow into you. You got to do something. Salvation, you got to do something. Oh, salvation is free. Oh, no, ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. If salvation was free. It cost him. His life. It cost him his precious blood. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. No. And even for you or I, we still have to confess with our what? Mouth and believe in our heart. You got to do something. A lot of you like spectating, like watching, watching, looking, looking. You got to do something. Basketball is a different game when you're playing in front of 10,000 people than when you're sitting in the stands watching 10 people. It's a whole different game when you when you wanted the 10 out there in the arena than you wanted the 10,000 sitting in the stands watching. Yo, you can sit in the stands watching with your belly poked out, a bag of potato chips and a, and a cold beer beside you, and holler about what somebody else ain't doing. But when you get out there, then you realize it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Doing a thing and watching a thing are two different things. Oh, some of you all that watch the broadcast, we praise God for you. We pray the Lord continue to bless each other and give you strength. But you need better understand it's a difference having to preach God's word on a daily basis and proclaim his word on a daily basis than to sit back and watch it being pro preached and proclaimed. It's a different thing. There's a cost to being a disciple. And God said, look, being a disciple is not all about just looking, looking, looking. One of the things here, I remember some years ago, got very upset with Chris Bosh. used to play with Miami Heat. When uh, LeBron James was there and was deep into the championship, into the finals, and it was like LeBron was doing everything. And one of the saints said, look, got upset, said, look at Chris Bosh, just looking. And that became that became a, a almost a a saying around here. It's synonymous with you ain't doing a whole lot. You're just watching somebody else. See? You know what 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 you have to what 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 we have to learn how to do. And God is dealing with me on this. When you dealing when you deal with great people, just keep that in mind. When you deal with great people, always keep in mind that great people have great flaws. Great people have great weaknesses. Well, it's not for you and I to just watch great people and just harp on their great flaws or their great weaknesses, but let one of the things that we do be to, to, to be great in uh, covering their great flaw and their great weakness. You say, Apostle, what you driving at? All right. As we shared with you all earlier, Chris Bosch, one of the saints got upset. Chris Bosch just looking. Watching LeBron James score, watching LeBron James pass, watching Le 
Well, what you got to do if you out there on a, as a player and you, you know you got uh, a great player like that who is doing a whole lot of everything, what you got to say is, all right, what are the areas that he's not doing well? Or what are the areas what are the areas that I can help him even be greater, all right? LeBron is not going to make. So what you got to say is if you Chris Bosh, all right, LeBron is not going to make every shot he takes. I don't expect him to take the shot and get the rebound. Let me grab the rebound. All right, LeBron, if he's going to be, if he's going to be working very hard and oftentimes being double and triple team, let me work very hard to get to an open place where it'll be easy for him to get me ball. In other words, let me work just as hard when I see the, 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 that, that, that he can't do everything, the things that he's not doing real strong, let me work real hard at that right there. There's a cost to being a disciple. There are things that God, not that, not that Christ can't do, but there's some things he's not going to do. Why? Because God said, look, you all are co- his co-workers. There's a part that I'm expecting you to do. If he was, Christ was going to do everything, then there's no need for you. If the head going to do everything in the body, what good is, what good is feet? If the head going to do everything in the body, what good is hands? When you talk about cost of being a disciple, you're talking about the part that each one of us must play in this thing called the body of Christ. If you got parts on your body that are not doing anything, the next question becomes, what good are they? Bible says in verse 25, large crowds were traveling with Jesus. Turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me, and does not hate his father, mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, sisters. Yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Now, can you imagine? Here is Jesus, supposed to be teaching us about love. Supposed to be teaching us, little children, love you one another. If you didn't hear that statement right there in the spirit, there's some of you all out there under the sound of my voice right now not hearing that statement in the spirit, and you can't hardly swallow it. Jesus said we're supposed to hate. The Bible says, and this is how some of you jump right out there. The Bible says when we come to him, we to hate our father and our mother. Daddy, that's why I hate you. Okay. Jesus said that we come to him, we got to hate our mother. We got to hate our wife, our children, our brothers and sisters. We got to hate our own life, or we can't be... Disciple. Well, that's what he said. But what did he mean? Say, Apostle Brown, what are you driving at? It's the difference between what somebody say and what somebody means. That's why the Bible tells you in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, that though it may cost all you what? Have. Get and understand. You got to understand what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying that we're supposed to hate our father or our mother or our or our wife, or our children, or our brothers, or our sisters, or our own life. But what he's saying is that the love for him is supposed to supersede, or is supposed to be greater than the love for any of them. You out there, you love your father more than you love God? Idol worshiper. You out there, you love your mama more than you love God? Idol worshiper. You out there, love your, 
your your wife or your husband more than you love God, idol worshiper. You have to love your children or your brothers or your sisters or your family more than you love God or you love your life more than you love God. Idol worshiper. Love for God must be number one. We're talking about special revelation. See, when you got that special revelation, then you start making preparation. Because you understand that it's not my 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 father that I'm gonna have to stand before on judgment day, much as I love him. It's not my mother. I'm going to have to stand before on Judgment Day, much as I love it. Not my wife, not my husband, not my son, not my daughter, not my uncle, not my aunt. It's God. It's not daddy or mommy or sister or brother or husband or wife or friend or foe that's going to make the final determination for my eternal destination. God. Say, Pastor, what you encouraging me to do? You need to get right with God. Make sure that God is number one. Because if God is not number one in your life, won't nothing else be in place. Somebody ought to be writing that now. That's if God is not number one in your life, nothing else is in place. Your marriage won't be right. Your relationships with your kids won't. I didn't say it won't look right, but your marriage won't be right. Not if God's not number one. Your relationship with your kids won't be right. I ain't saying it won't look right, but if God is not number one, it ain't gonna, it's not going to be right. Because without God at the center, without God as the chief capstone, the chief center cornerstone, the rest of the building is in jeopardy. Everything else is in jeopardy. Oh, you're out on your job. You ain't even out there right. Not if God not number one in your life. Jesus said anyone who does not carry his cross, we're talking about the cost. We're talking about the cost. Picture God as being in the store and being the most expensive item in the store. You got God in the store. You got daddy. You got mama. You got sister, brother, husband, wife, children. But God is the most expensive item in the store. And you got to have it before you can get any of these other items, before any of these other items will come, come properly. Anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. In other words, God said you got to be prepared for the suffering that is tailor-made for you. You said, Pastor, what you trying to give me this thing? The suffering you going through out there under the sound of my voice, child of God, whoever you are, wherever you are, it was tailor-made for you. Now, let me do to deal with that for a little bit, Robert. You know, one of the things I love about my many of my African brothers especially in Nigeria. I got some brothers in, in, in uh, Ghana that do this well for me. I got some brothers in South Africa do this well for me. What they do is they tailor my clothing for me. Now, I got a kind of funny body to fit, you know, long, long legs, you know, different long arms. It's a funny body to fit, you know. Uh, and if I try to get something that a normal body person might wear with my long arms and my long legs, it's going to be normally real, real big on me. But what my what my brothers will do, what my tailors will do, is they'll go in and they'll take out all that extra stuff and they'll get it fitted just right to my body. And to me, that just, that just to me, I don't got to a place now where if, if a man's suit is not tailored, I, I just not the best looking thing to me. If my stuff is not tailored, I start I start feeling funny. These brothers do it for me. They get stuff to just I mean it fit 
just to me like it's supposed to fit and very inexpensively. That's why I take a whole lot of stuff down there. You say, Apostle, what's driving that? Now, what does it got to do with anything? You need to understand, child of God, that every bit of suffering that you have ever passed through, are passing through, and will pass through is tailored just for you. God knew before he ever created the foundations of the earth, before he ever created time, that you was going to have to go through what you're going through right now. This is why God don't want us to get too discouraged. This is why God don't want us to get too dejected. This is why God don't want us to feel overwhelmed, because what you are experiencing is what you were destined to experience. What you have experienced, some of us still shell-shocked by what we've been through in our life. Well, that was, you need to understand that, that you were destined to go through that. Say, Apostle, how can you say I was destined? Very bad things happened to me when I was little. How are you going to say I was destined to go through that? Because it happened to you. Apostle, I'm going through some real rough times right now. How are you going to say I'm destined to be going through? Because it's happening to you. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's some more bad stuff you're going to have to go through because it's destined to happen to you. Just like it's some more bad stuff I'm going to have to go through. Because what we have been through, are going through, and will go through, God say, I already know. I have always known, and I will always know. But God said, you, you got to be willing to take up your cross. You've got to be willing to suffer some things that you don't like for the gospel. People that move and do great things with God are people that are willing to do more of what they don't like. If you want them kind of people, you just don't want to do nothing you don't like, you ain't going to do much with God. Because every time God asks you to do something that you don't like, you're going to have a whole bunch of mouth, you're going to have a whole bunch of resistance, you're going to have a whole bunch of problems. You got to be willing to do a bunch or a bunch to move with God. You got to be willing to, to 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 say some stuff you don't like. You got to be willing to endure some stuff that you don't like. You got to be willing to go some places you don't like, eat some food you don't like. Had to deal with some folk that you don't like. That's what a cross. We're talking about the cross now. Some folk, some things be said about you that you don't like. God said, what that got to do with anything? What it got to do with what, what, you, what you don't like? The question is not what you like and what you don't like. The question is, what is God telling you to do? That's the only thing that's important. Good soldiers are soldiers that are willing to put their likes and dislikes on the back burner and focus in on the the instructions or the orders of their commanding officer. We got a commanding officer, children of God. Name is Jesus Christ. And that's what it means that Jesus Christ is Lord. See, when he's Lord, that means he tell us what, what's what. Tell us where to go, what to do. Yeah, Jesus said, all right, all right. Maybe y'all didn't get it. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Will he not first down, first sit down, estimate the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? In other words, am I going to be able to finish this thing? That's that's one of the things that gets me, you know, different parts of Africa I go into. 
You know, I'd be like, now look at this now. I got, I see buildings, unfinished buildings that have been sitting there for years and years and years. See, they build a lot of time in, in, in different parts of Africa. They'll build out of stone. We use a lot of wood here in the United States. They build buildings out of stone to let heat out. We build buildings out of wood basically to try to keep heat in because the temperature is so hot. So they build out of stone. I mean, you, you build a building out of stone. You can get started, lay the foundation, and, and build it up halfway through, and they can sit there another another 100 years. Because the stone ain't, ain't hardly going nowhere. It's not quite like us here with this wood. You mess around and let too much rain or too much weather get on this wood, and it, you know, you'll have to tear all of that down because it'll, it'll be all messed up. But the problem is a lot of individuals jump out on projects with this stone in different parts of Africa, and then they run out of money or they decide not to finish it. So there's that unfinished eyesore that's just there, huge eyesore. So Jesus is saying, look, sit down. Estimate the cost. Just make sure you have enough money to complete it. Part of the reason why we had the big uh, financial trouble in this country, maybe about eight years ago, around 2008, a lot of these mortgage companies, they were giving mortgages to individuals that, 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 that weren't able to finish off the, the terms of the agreement. There wasn't, a, there wasn't a good job being done of evaluating whether or not these individuals are going to be able to continue making these payments. Jesus says, sit down. You want to build, that's all right. But the question is, have you taken into consideration, have you taken into account what it's going to take to finish? You say, Apostle, what you're talking about? You want to be a Christian out there. You want, to, you want to go to heaven. You want to live for God. All that's good stuff. But you need God wants you to take into consideration what it entails and what you're going to have to go through in order to achieve that goal. And you're going to have to go through some ridicule. You're going to have to go through some hardships. You're going to have to go through some difficulties. God wants to let you know this up front. So that you don't jump off in this thing and be like the man who, who started building the tower, laid the foundation, but he wasn't able to finish. Everyone who sees it will ridicule him, saying this fellow began to build but was not able to finish. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will be able to finish. And with God as our helper, Hearing God speak now, saying that I who have began a good work in you. See, this is why it's not. This is why God said, "Look, the work that was began in you, it wasn't your doing. I didn't say you who began a good work in you would bring it to completion. Uh, uh. The Scripture says God says I who have began." A good work. That's why we, we, we ought to thank God every day that the work that was began in us was not of our own. The work that was began in us and as a result of salvation, as a result of faith in God's only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that came from above. That, that, that wasn't something we put together. That wasn't something we sat down and thought up and cooked up. It was began by God, and because it was began by God, it will be finished by God. God says, I who have began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Now, with that being said, that's why you and I got to go through some things that we don't like. God said, because you are not the one to start the work. 
God said, I'm the one that started the work, and I'm the one that knows what it's going to take to finish the work. You just need to be a willing vessel. God said, I'm, I'm working this thing out. I'm working this thing out in you, through you. You just, be, you just yield, God be like, you just yield that, the members. Let me do this. God said, I'm the one that began the good work in you. I'm the one. And I know just what it takes to finish the work. I, God said, look, I know just what kind of trials you need to go through to be like Jesus. I know just what kind of ridicule you got to receive to be like Jesus. I just know what kind of hardships you got to go through. I know what kind of, God said, look, 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 look. I know. You don't. God said, that's why I didn't let you start the work. You don't know. I who began a good work in you. I, I, God said, me, 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 will bring it to completion. Well, I suppose the king is about to go to war against another king. Will he not first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he sent a delegation while the other is still a long way off and asks for terms of peace. What we need to understand is that we, with our sins, we can't stand before a holy and righteous God and be accepted into his presence. Not just we with our sin. Just like this king with, with 10,000. Yeah, I, can't, I, can't, I can't handle no, no king got 20,000. Let me send a delegation and offer some terms of what? Peace. What we have done as children of God, we say, look, with our sin, we can't stand before a holy and righteous God. Jesus, we want terms of peace. We want you to be an advocate between us and the Father. Because if we don't have if we don't get a if we don't get some terms of peace, we're gonna get towed all to pieces. King said, Look, let me send a delegation. I, I can't I can't beat this king with twenty thousand. I can't stand before a holy and righteous God right by myself with all the sin in me. Let me get this straight. You going to try that? You you out there that's unsaved? You want to try this? You got to stand before God. That's not up for discussion. Now you might not believe it. Devil might have you tricked up real good into believing that you don't. But you're gonna stand before God, and you're gonna give an account of everything you have done while you were in this body, in this life. Look around. Look around. You in a body? If you can see, you in this life. What in the world I'm doing here, Lord? What's I'm here for? To do like I tell you, Robert. What else? That's it. But Lord, you know I don't always do like you tell me. Yeah, I know, but that ain't what you're here for. We look, we look around. You are inside this body, inside this life. Every one of you on the sound of my voice, you inside a body, inside this life, and you're looking out at this thing called life. You're looking at this thing called your physical what? Hmm? Physical body. And you on the inside of this thing here. King that realized he can't handle that king with with twice as many men won't descend a delegation. Let's have some peace. Something is wrong with us if we feel like 
in our sinful fallen state self that we can handle and deal with a holy, righteous, and pure, and perfect God without a delegation of peace. Jesus is our delegation of peace. Accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior is your delegation of what? Peace. The, the delegation of peace will go to the king with 20,000 and say, look, we ain't trying to fight. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't, you know, let's, do, let's try, to try to do something else because we ain't trying to fight. Jesus is our delegation of peace. We want Jesus to go to God and say, Father, Father, look, they ain't trying to fight. We ain't trying to fight no more. Lord, Lord, Father, we ain't trying to fight you. Let's get some peace. We want peace through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. In the same way, any of you, watch this, who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Now, does that mean that, you know, we have to always, uh, uh, God is asking for us to give up everything like or sell everything we had like, like he did the rich young ruler? No, but God wants to see us willing. He wants to see us to a place where everything we have is at his disposal. If he do say give up that house, give it up. If he do say give up that paycheck, give it up. If he do say give it up, then give it up. Bible tells us in, in I think it's 2 Corinthians, talks about how that if the willingness is there. God wants to see us willing because that's the prerequisite for us eating the good of the land. Scripture says that if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. But if we resist and rebel, we will be devoured by the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God wants to see us willing. That means he always going to ask. Eh? God asked for, for, for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac and then stopped and said, no, you don't have to do it. Because I see that, since I see that you were willing, I'm not even going to ask you to give it up. A lot of time, all God wants to see out of us is a willingness. God might ask you for something, and we'd be like, all right, here, yeah, yeah, Lord, you, you got that. Then God be like, nah, that's all right. Just want to see if he was willing. Just want to see if he was willing. Turn quickly, book of Genesis. Let's close. Let's close. Go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 12. After Abraham was about to slay his son Isaac, God said, look, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. Watch this. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your only son. Now I know. Yeah. In other words, Angel was like, I, I, I can see you off the hook for God. God wants to see that you and I is off the hook for him. Meaning that, you know, what, what you want, Lord? He wants to see that. He likes to see that. He don't, want to, he don't want to see us, you know, trying to hold on and cling to. God wants to see you and I, listen, there's no way you can really serve Christ and not be radical for him. Some of y'all are trying that, and you finding you finding Christianity to be a very miserable experience because you keep trying to hold on. 
You keep trying to not offend. You keep trying to not, uh-uh. Go ahead on, but get off the hook for him. Don't get off the hook. And God be saying, look, I got you. It's a difference. Watch this now. It's a difference for the way a person walk on a tightrope when he know he got a safety net than when a person walk on a tightrope and they don't have no safety net. It's different. It's a whole different walk. When you got a safety net, man, you get up there, you might try to jump and turn a flip because you know the safety net got you. If you don't have no safety net, man, you watching every little what? Step. Hey, shh, keep quiet. Don't nobody breathe. Everybody. Shh, don't throw me off. No. no. Mm-hmm. And that's how some of you are trying to live. You said, Pastor, what you driving at? Now? God is our safety net. God got us. Turn a flip. Don't turn a flip. And what I mean by turn a flip is go on and launch out into the deep. Take some leaps of faith. Go on. God is our safety net. God said, I got you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Even when you, God's a robber, even when you be messing up, I got you. I'm like, Lord, thank you. God got us. We ain't got to be all scared, all, all, somebody, they they gonna get us. No, you ain't. Not if God don't allow it. You ain't going to do nothing to me if God don't allow it. Jesus, when he was before Pilate, Pilate was like, you know, Jesus, you ain't going to answer no questions. Don't you know I got the power to, to, to crucify you or to set you free? Jesus was like, look, you wouldn't have any power over me at all if it wasn't given to you by my father. Jesus said, you couldn't do nothing. Come on, children of God. You were all worried. They're going to get us. We don't. They're going to get us. They ain't going to do nothing to you that God don't allow. Look at verse 16, Genesis 22 and 16. Angel said to him, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. Say, Apostle, what you got in that? When you are willing to sacrifice your Isaacs, I think I preached a sermon years ago, sacrificing your Isaacs, God will surely bless you. What? You say, Pastor, what in the world that mean? Now, make this thing plain for us. Now, you, what do you mean? Sacrificing your Isaacs means the willingness to give up that person, that place, or that thing that is, most in, that is very important to you. I don't want to say most important to you. That is very important to you. Because whatever Isaac you are not willing to sacrifice has become an idol. It will either be an Isaac in your life that you are willing to sacrifice, or it will be a, that Isaac will become an idol which you are not willing to sacrifice. God said, because you were willing to sacrifice your. When God even asked him about this in the first place, look at Genesis 22 and 2. The Lord God, then God said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering. God knew exactly how much he, I, Abram, uh, Abraham loved this boy. It's a go sacrifice. Let's see if your Isaac, your that that you have been praying for, that that you have been waiting for, that that you have been 
fasting for and beseeching God. Let's see if now that you have it, now it is. Let's see if it's become a God to you. Every one of us. See, you got to know, I, Abraham waited a long time for this boy. Waited a long time. Now God said, all right, let me see if, let's see if it's a, it has become a God to you. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you don't got jobs. You've been waiting a long time for. Let's see. God said, let me see if it's become a God to you. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, you've been waiting for a husband, for a wife, for a long time. God said, let me see if it's become a God to you. Some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, that, that, that car, that vehicle, that particular vehicle, you've been wanting one of them vehicles since you first saw one way back in 2003. God said, let me see if it's become a God to you. <laughs> God said, let's see now. Let's let's see. What, what are we working with here now? Is it is it is it an Isaac or is it an idol in your life? Is it an Isaac that can be sacrificed or is it an idol that you're trying to cling to and trying to hold on to? Reality is some of you all out there, parents, you done made your children gods just as sure. Some of you all out there, husbands, you done made your wives gods just as sure. Some of you out there, wives, you done made your husbands God. Some of you all out there, workers, you done made your jobs God. God said just as what? Sure. You ain't willing to give that up. You don't care what. It's a God in your life. Little fake idol God. It's out in here. Well, who, who put the temperature like this in? Goodness gracious. Thanks said 90 degrees. All right. All right. Praise God. Had to get the air conditioner going. So, what are you saying, Apostle? When you have a listen, when you have a special revelation from God, you'll make preparations to go on without your Isaac. When you got a special revelation from God, look. Well, I thank God for husband, but when he died, he gone. I ain't died. Thank God for a wife. But once she died, I ain't going to thank God for son, for daughter, for mama, for uncle. Uh, but once they go, they, they, I ain't died. Life goes on. Just because your mama died, that don't mean the work that God has called you to is, has shut down. Just because your husband died, that don't mean you don't serve God no more. You still got a soul to be what? Saved. Just because congregation members walk out, that don't mean I'm shutting down on, 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 on God. God said, I'll, I'll, I'll watch you on that too, Robert. Uh-oh. Happened to the church. Happened to the early church. Book of Acts up around chapter 8. Such a persecution broke out against the early church in Jerusalem. You had thousands and thousands and thousands of members and followers. One day, Peter preached, and 3,000 souls, day of Pentecost, were added to the number, then all of a sudden Saul launched such a harsh persecution against the church that everybody scattered and left. And when nobody left but the disciples, they were right back down to 12. Can you imagine? You go from thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I mean, and that's how I feel a lot of time when I come back, come back here from, from, from Africa or missionary tour. Oh, man, I'd be all in arenas, billboards, all in things with that. About hundreds of people, thousands of people, TV, all kinds of things. Then I come back to the Christian Center and, and got, you know, just a handful of saints. But God said, look, am I not God back in the Christian Center? 
Am I a different God in the Christian center than I am when you, or am I still the creator of all things, whether you're in front of thousands or whether you're in front of a few? God said, I'm, I'm watching now. I'm watching. So you say, Apostle, what you driving at? What you want us to understand? Do what you're doing for God. Then whether men with you, whether men against you, whether men ridicule you, whether men praise you, what you doing, you doing for what? God. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, again, we thank you today. We appreciate you so much. We reverence you. We honor you. We adore you. We laud and we magnify you. You have spoken to us once again, your little children, and we are so grateful and so thankful. Again, Father, I will continue to pray for the youth that the Lord willing, I will be speaking to at the youth conference uh, coming up in August. I pray for the pastors, Father, that uh, the Lord willing, I will be speaking to uh, after the youth conference. You will begin preparing hearts and minds, Father, for everything that you want to say and do and reveal in the lives of your people in Nairobi, Kenya, uh, in, in South Africa, in Accra, Ghana, in Nigeria, begin preparing, Father. You've told us in your word that those who have special revelation, they make preparation. We know, Father, that you have the most special of revelations. We, we, I'm asking, Father, that you will begin and continue making preparations, that uh, your good, pleasing, and perfect will will be done in uh, the four corners of the earth. Again, Father, we ask that you forgive us of our sins and iniquities, which we have committed against you in, in various ways and at sun-dry times. And we ask, Father, humbly that you will continue to lead and guide us in your paths of righteousness for your namesake. These and all other blessings we ask and count done in the mighty and the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. Let God's people say Amen. Children of God, today is Sunday, the first day of the week. Let us be obedient. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1. And on the first day of the week, let each one of us set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up. Paul said, so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Let us go ahead on. So we don't have to spend a whole lot of time talking about money. Let us go ahead on. We know what we got to do. We know that the kingdom of God need some finances for things to be done. Let's go ahead on, package our offering, and get it sent on in so we can spend time in the Word and, and not spend a whole lot of time dealing with money, 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 like it's so popular and so prevalent in these last and evil days. Question one, what do we got, Saints? We got a good question. We want a good one. Make sure it's good. Question. One of the saints is asking, who is God to us? That's a good individual question there. All right. Uh, question number two, let's look at, explain what was Jesus talking about, about the cost of being a disciple. Explain. What, is it, what do you mean by cost of being a disciple? And then question number three, how is Jesus to us similar to the delegation of peace that the king with the smaller army was sending? How is Jesus to us like the delegation of peace the king with the smaller army was sending?
Amen. May God continue to bless you, saints, and we'll see you all this evening, the Lord willing, in Jesus' name. Saints, you can reach us through email at thechristensonchurch at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 even 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444. Enter ID 17959. On Spreecast, type in Robert Bryan on YouTube and the Christensen Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile at you. In Jesus' name, amen. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.